Hello, good morning. If you could grab a seat. Hello, good morning. Good morning. If I haven't met you, my name is Heidi, Pastor Heidi. Welcome to Pullman Foursquare. Um, thank you, family, that came today to support. It uh, means a lot. It's kind of cool. It was kind of cool this morning when Amelia asked me, like, did you do that for me, and what does it mean? So um, as your kids get older and if they see it in the church, you can say, we did that for you, and you can also remind yourself. <laughs> as a, it's a good reminder, as Jamie's saying, all the things, you know, that you're kind of commit to. I was thinking for myself, because little kids, think about little kids, little problems. Big kids, a lot more complicated. It's true. So <laughs> it was a good reminder. You guys already have teenagers, so you, you know you know. Uh, so today we are for real ending a sermon series. Did you think that it might? Because we're like, just kidding, one more week. <laughs> so, but really, I mean, the series has been invitations from God. And really, as Christians, God is always inviting us, right? I was thinking about it. You could almost turn any, any sermon, you really could, into an invitation from God. And Basically, every time I go to see my spiritual director, I don't know if it's this way for Audrey, but basically every time I meet with her or Jamie, it comes to what's God inviting you to. Really, that's where we'll, we end up there sometime in the session. What is God inviting you into? So I was like, we are ending this sermon series, but um, I wanted, we're going to recap before we end. So last time we recapped the sermon series and people were like, that was really helpful. It was just really helpful. I'd love it if you would do that again. So we're going to do it again. And we're going to look back and see what God has spoken to us over the fall. And you cannot, there's no way that anybody can work on all the invitations. Like, there's just no way. Like, as humans, it's been said that we can work on one or two things at a time. That's, that's what we're created for. That's what we can do. And so as I go through the invitations today and as I review, I think I've got them all. I might have missed one. Um, one Jamie taught on, and I was like, I don't remember that sermon at all, like at all. And I was, I was teaching Sunday school. I was like, I'm like, are you sure you preached on that? <laughs> I have no recollection of that at all. So um, I was like, oh. Uh, so I'm going to go through them. I think the next slide has the question. And I want you, as we start today, to ask um, Anna, do you have there? Thanks. So we're going to look at the list, but what's one invitation that God's inviting you to focus on? What's one that it comes back and, and you're like, oh, I've actually been thinking about that, or God's been working in me since I heard that sermon and I, I kind of didn't even remember. I don't know if that happens to you, but that ha I was like, oh, yeah. Um, so we're going to go through them, and I just invite you to listen to the Holy Spirit, listen to God, and uh, maybe there'll be one, and maybe there'll be something else that God puts on your heart today. Like, this is what I'm inviting you to over this next holiday and Christmas season. So here they go. Here's, here's the list of our last, um, our last nine weeks together. So as I, as I looked over the first series, so if you're a guest with us today, I don't know how this will flow. So hopefully it'll make sense. But we started with the idea that God's inviting us to things all the time. And how much further it goes in your relationship with God, when you remember that God isn't inviting you into a relationship with him, rather like, I ought to live this way, and I should live this way. Those are so heavy, and they're so uninviting, and they only take you so far. 
But when you hear the voice of God inviting you into something, you can continue in it a little further. As I looked back at the first sermon, I also remembered the, the phrase that, that often, not always, but often what God is really inviting you to is risky. It takes you out to the edge of where you're comfortable. And God, Jesus says, hey, will you trust me? Will you trust me? Usually when I'm sitting there and I get to the point of what God is really, like I might throw out little things, but when I really get to the heart of what God's inviting me to, it's often risky and I have to trust. And maybe in my comfortableness, I'd be like, oh, I'd rather not, but I know that that's what God's inviting me to. So I encourage you that it will probably feel a little risky. The first one we started with is to participate in your own healing. And that's the idea that God is constantly have, he has things in you. There are places where you are not whole. There are places where you are broken. And Jesus is gently saying to you, you could be wholer here. You could move forward here. I think I made that up. Um, there are places, and he, but you, he won't make you, right? God's not going to force you. You have to like say, okay. You have to like meet him there. In the Bible, he's constantly saying, come follow me. Like he's saying, come follow me. You have to like stand up. When he asks people to be, when people ask to be healed, he says, go or stand or put mud. He says, you've got to take, take the first step. Do, do something. Do something. So it was the participate in your own healing. Say, yes, I'm broken and I make myself available. The next one is to weep. That was an unusual, an invitation to weep, to grieve your losses. Um, the invitation to let the tears come when they come. There's been a lot of grief uh, for many people during COVID. And you can choose to ignore it or you can choose to let it create and make you a beautiful human being who's tender to the things of God. S simply by, Jamie and I both mentioned this, simply by being aware and open to this. Like he's like, I've, I've cried more than I've cried in a long time. Because there's a lot of times I think the tears want to come and I'd say no. No, I'm not really much of a crier. I don't show, but I've just let myself. And so just simply being like, okay, if you bring the tears, I'll trust you and I'll cry. So the invitation to weep. This one was great. I might be wrong. Wouldn't it be so helpful in our culture if people could start from that place right now? I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Instead of I'm right and you're wrong, obviously. It was really fun when we said that. The room went like... <gasps> It was great. <laughs> it's a fun, it's a wonderful memory. Um, I've had some different conversations. Like I didn't even realize it, but having that in my head, I sat down with somebody at the, at the coffee the other day and I didn't even meet you. And I started with, I might be wrong, but this is what I'm thinking. And then she was able to say, I'm gonna think about that. And I think, cause I started there, like I might be, I might be wrong or I could have been wrong. I mean, we came back from Virginia and I saw the way that they had, they handled COVID it's different than us. And I think I said to Abby this week, I go, I might have been wrong. And then it opened up a conversation for us, for her to talk and for me to talk. It's, it's really freeing for the other person when they don't think that you're a know-it-all and that you're going to squash them. So the invitation that I might be wrong, the invitation to rest. I think this invitation will is always gonna be at the forefront for our culture because we are a hustle, bustle, don't stop moving. So I think that this is pretty much always pertinent to us. It's to rest, 
to rest. Oh, I had a quote here I wanted to remind you of. Mm, let's see if I can find it. Belonging to rest. Okay. If you are not resting, you are a slave to something. I know. I know. If you are not resting, you are a slave to something. That's a beautiful invitation over the holidays to rest, to let go of the hustle, to ruthlessly eliminate hurry. Do you remember that quote from there? To ruthlessly eliminate hurry from Dallas Willard and to rest, to rest, to trust Jesus. And then we did to pray, an invitation during this time to pray, to make space to talk to God. Audrey, I didn't hear his message, but he spoke about living outward. I wasn't here and it didn't get recorded. You know, I was thinking about something about living outwardly this week. Um, when I rest, when I slow down, when I'm not running around like a crazy woman, I actually live outwardly because I can see what the Holy Spirit's saying to me. I find that when I take time to rest, almost every day, the Holy Spirit prompts me, write in the email to this person, pray for this person, give this person flowers and write them a note. But if I don't slow down, I don't hear the Holy Spirit saying, write the note for that person that you were praying for. So I thought it was interesting. I strongly believe that if you choose to really live inward and hearing the Holy Spirit, not just like inward, like self-care, but soul care, you will live outwardly. It will just flow. And you will, when you go to get the mail and you see your neighbor, the Holy Spirit, because you've moved slow enough, will prompt you to say, What's, what's going on? And you'll slow down enough to actually hear them and to pray for them. I believe it really strongly. If you want to live outwardly, you have to slow down first. So I don't know what Audrey said, but that's what I think on that, that topic. I'm sure it was great. <laughs> and uh, Jamie spoke on wholehearted living. Uh, and he talked about our work. Because that's so much of where we live our lives work, like unpaid and paid work, and living that for Jesus. If you're a student, it's, it's for Jesus. So living out of that. Uh, last week, I'm pretty sure it was last week, he spoke on belonging, belonging to, to God first and then to others. It's the same thing. If you are not belonging first to God, you don't really have much for your community. You're just exhausted, and you show up empty. Um, he said this quote, I might, but I've always liked, and I've heard it before, like, be wary of the person who can't be alone, right? Be wary of the person who cannot be alone, be, and be wary of the person who cannot be in community. Like, you take, you take both. They're nudging each other. Have you heard that? Have you heard that quote? Sorry, I'm not supposed to point out people. It's not always the nicest, but they're like, so, um, community. So true invitations, they're often risky, but we are called to be people of faith. Usually the thing when I finally get to what God's asking me to, it's like, oh, it's a little bit scary. And uh, so I invite you as we come into that today to the end of the, our, our, our sermon series on invitations to get used to asking yourselves, like don't be 
done with this question, but live your life asking yourself as you sit and as you pray, God, what are you inviting me to? What's the next piece? What's the next piece? So I get to end this sermon series um, with an invitation to practice gratitude. It's Thanksgiving, practice gratitude. So I, it's perfect. It's perfect. And it's a practice that I, I the spiritual practice discipline that I, I have been practicing and has changed me. Um, so I'm excited to share it with you. So I'm calling it gratitude for ordinary people. Gratitude for ordinary people. That's us, right? That's us. Jamie says, clearly my sermon's not for him. And I was like, well, sorry. <laughs> it's for all the rest of us. So let's start with the passage today, since I've been talking for a while. Let's look at Luke. Luke 17, 11 through 19. If you want, I'm reading from the message translation. Uh, it's a common passage if you've been in the church, so sometimes I like to add a different translation just so you listen a little deeper. So you can listen along. It's up here, or you can look in your Bible, but it's kind of harder if, if you don't have the same translation. So Luke 17, 11 through 19. It happened that as he made his way, this is Jesus, toward Jerusalem, he crossed over the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten men, all lepers, met him. They kept their distance, but they raised their voices, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me, taking a good look at them. I love that. Taking a good look at them, he said, go. Show yourself to the priests. They went, and while still on their way, they became clean. One. That's the, that's the piece here. One. One of them, when he realized that he was healed, he turned around, and he came back shouting his gratitude, glorifying God. He kneeled at Jesus' feet, so grateful. He couldn't thank him enough, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus said, we're not ten healed. Where are the nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except this outsider? Then he said to him, get up on your way. Your faith has healed and saved you. Your faith has healed and saved you. Father, may your scripture come alive to us today. May we hear from you. May we remember to be grateful this week. May we set our eyes on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So as I look at this text, I'm drawn to the one. The one. And when I read this text as it goes through in my scripture reading, I always think, God, may I be the one. May I be the one that comes back. May I be the one that returns. Only one returned. Um, he had to pause and come back. I imagine how different it was. Ten people were healed, right? There's ten of them, but only one came back. I, they're all lepers. We all, I think, know the lepers were just, um, they were, uh, their bodies were gross and dirty, and they couldn't be around other people, and they had sores all over themselves, and their lives were horrible. Their lives were horrible. And um, they were all healed, which would change everything. But one person came back to Jesus. He turned around, he stopped what he was doing, and he came back, and he kneeled at Jesus' feet, and he worshiped him. And I think how 
different would that be for that person than the other nine? It's kind of like it was completed. It's kind of like the other people were healed, but there's something about coming back. There's a cycle in giving gifts. Have you ever sent a gift to somebody, like off in the mail, and you, like, you make something and you never hear anything? Like you don't hear a text or a peep. In some ways, that gift hasn't been given the cycle. Like there's a cycle of giving and receiving. So I, I used to get really annoyed with my mom because she made us write thank you notes for everything as a kid. Did your moms make you do that? Everything. Like it was like only a few of us, oh my gosh. And it really was like, really? Like even if, even if I sat there and told my grandma thank you, I still had to go home and write a thank you note. And I read Sister Wendy Beckett. She was a nun who was an art critic who would write, um, like, she'd write spiritual um, devotions around art. Beautiful. And she taught once on gratitude, and I was like, oh, if a gift is given and nothing is said, it's kind of like the gift is still hanging out there in limbo. Like, it's like it hasn't fully been received. So there's something about writing the thank you note that says, I received your gift I received what you gave me, and the gift is completed. It's like completed. So in a way, these people received a gift, and it wasn't completed. It was like they hadn't received it in, in full. Um, so, but, but the coming back, it's like he received the full gift that God, had, that God had for him, the cycle of giving and receiving. I think of it, it's like Christ. It's like Jesus. He said, I am, I'm available to everybody. I'm a gift for everybody, but you actually have to choose me. I'm not going to voice myself on anybody. You just have to say, I choose you, Jesus. I choose you, and then the gift is received. It's the same way here. There, um, there are people I was thinking about. There are people who live, have similar lives as ours. Um, but some of us choose to be grateful people. And some of us choose to live in a way where we don't see it. Like, there are people that have hard things, and there are people that have beautiful things in their lives, all of us. And there are some of us who choose to stop and to come back and to say thank you and to notice. And there are those of us who just plow ahead. There are those people who, when they wake up in the morning, they savor the little moments. They savor the things that come their way. And there are those people who plow through and never stop to see what God has given them. There are the people that notice those little moments with their kids. And there are those people that, that they are so busy and so hectic that they can never see it. Uh, at the end, the text says, here it says, um, he was a Samaritan. And, and this was a big deal. And you're like, why is this a big deal? Um, so the Samaritans, by the Jewish standards, were considered irreligious. Like, they wouldn't get it. And the talks Jesus will often point out, and they were a Samaritan. Like, what does this mean? What does this mean? And they were a Samaritan. Why does Jesus make such a big deal about often when it's a Samaritan? I was, I was thinking about it this way. What if the ten people that were healed and the one that came back was like the one you wouldn't, it's the one you wouldn't expect, like the non-Christian, like the person who doesn't go to church. Like it sometimes happens, right? Like you're like, why are the people who aren't Christians acting more like Jesus than the ones who are? Why is it my friend who's not a Christian is more gracious to the people around them 
than the one, have you seen it? You're like, why are the people in the church acting nastier? Or, and I think it's this way. Jesus is saying, you don't expect the Samaritan to act this way. Um, a lot of times people surprise us. The people who you think are going to act like Jesus or come to Jesus don't. And I think Jesus wants us to know you don't, you don't know. You, you can't know who's going who's gonna to turn and follow Jesus. We don't know. And this one, it was the Samaritan. At the end, Jesus says to them, we're not ten healed. Where are the nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except this outsider? Then he said, get up on your way. Your faith has healed and saved you. And saved you. I think the difference between the ten is that nine of them were healed that day. Their lives were different. They were healed. But I think one, I think we can infer from this that one was saved. There was something about coming back and kneeling at Jesus' feet and praising him that saved him, that made the difference. Uh, We've actually had people here come and ask for prayer, who I would say were unchurched. I don't think they ever went to church. Like, backs being healed. And they were actually healed, and it was mind-blowing. And I was like, these people will be different. I know it. And we, we never saw them again. I was like, I, I don't know, right, because I don't know where they went. But in some ways, it felt like they might have been healed without letting God save them. It's pretty mind-blowing that you can be um, healed without being saved. Something happens when he came back and he said, thank you. As I was looking at the Psalms, because the Psalms are a picture of, in the Bible, of people saying thank you, right? They're a picture of God, people saying Thank you for saving me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you, thank you. And what they do is they say thank you, and then they praise. They say thank you, and then they worship God. And I was like, that's exactly what the Samaritan did. I think when you actually really experience gratitude, you can't help but, like, in your heart, praising God and worshiping him and saying thank you. Um, I was thinking of, I was thinking of three weeks ago, I was driving somewhere, and I had like an hour and a half drive, and I was headed down, I was driving, and I just said, God, I'm open, I have an hour and a half, I'm open, I'm open to hear from you, I'm open to receive to you, what, what do you have for me? And I think because I stopped, and I, I paused, God showed me pictures of things that I had not seen that I had not been aware of. He showed me a kindness of something my son said to me that I completely missed because I was just living life. And I was like, wow, wow, that was a a gift. It was a gift that I would have missed if I hadn't slowed down and stopped. And then as I was sitting there and listening, I'm just listening, the other one was he showed a picture of something that happened at our breakfast table. That was beautiful. It was laughter and kindness. And um, I said something kind to Jamie, and he lit up. And it was like a gift that I would not have seen if I didn't slow down and say, I'm open 
to hear what you have to say to me. And in that moment, when I saw them as gifts, I, I cried. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is where you say, okay, I'll, I'll cry and praise and thank you. I think that we have opportunities to say, I'm open, what gifts have you given me? The way I've usually practiced gratitude is I write in my journal, and I write out just lists. So this was different. I write out gratitude lists. So sometimes you might not get this way, but sometimes I get really dissatisfied and discontent, and I get kind of wanty. I want things. I want things. I want my life to be a certain way. I want different things to go different. And I feel the Holy Spirit prompt me to sit down on my couch or wherever I'm at and to start writing out things I'm grateful for. And what happens is when I do that, when I sit down on my couch or wherever and I start writing and I say, Holy Spirit, help me to see things. Help me to see beyond the obvious. And I start writing and what happens is, I think there's a thing up here. This is what happens for me is I feel like I take off my Heidi lens that can be a wanter and can be discontent. And I feel like God actually puts on new lenses on my face and the world looks different. And I see things differently. Sometimes when I get up, the world seems brighter. Places where I was discontent, places where I was wanting and needing, the Holy Spirit changes the way I see my world around me. And when I get up, I'm in a completely different, different place. Um, this, is how I, this is how I experience when I come back and I'm the one who comes back. The next one is a quote that um, it's, it's uh, if you show it, I, I, I don't feel like I'm a super articulate person. So I love it when I find a quote. Do you love it when you find a quote when you're like, that's, that's what I've been trying to say. That's it. So this is it. When I found that, I'm like, this is it. Gratitude is a lens. I was like, oh, that sharpens our ability to see the gifts and graces of our lives as more real than the material world. We are tethered. Often gratitude helps us, oops, I read, can you go back? Often gratitude helps us become more practiced at finding God in the ordinariness of our lives. Ruth Haley Barton, she's my mentor from afar. The ordinariness of our lives. I, I love practices that help us find God in the ordinariness of our lives because that is where we live 98% of the time not on the highs and not in the lows, but just the ordinary, brushing your teeth, making your bed, feeding your family, paying the bills, <laughs> giving the dog a bath. That's where God meets us, in the ordinariness. And it gives you a new lens. Instead of seeing the world from my, the outer world, like what I see, then all of a sudden I can see what's really going on, what's really happening in the, in like the spiritual world, what's, which really is more, more real than the material world that I live in. Then this last one that Anna has up here, this is a quote about gratitude. Gratitude is a deep sense of who God is and what he's giving to us in the most ordinary moments. 
think quotidian, isn't that another? Most ordinary moments helps us to make sense of our lives. I was realizing that all of the spiritual practices take intentionality. And all of the spiritual practices take time. Like all of them. All of them take intentionality and time. And so does gratitude. And so as we come, I would like to invite you, as we come into this next week, to to take time and to ask the Holy Spirit to give you some new sunglasses (laughs) and to sit down and to make a list and to write out or, or just spend time sitting and asking the Holy Spirit to show you um, where he has healed you. I think a lot of times as Christians, we pray for healing, and then we just keep going, and God heals us, and we don't even realize it. We don't even realize to say thank you, because I firmly believe if you ask for healing, you will receive it. I think that it doesn't always look like what I want it to look like, I really do believe that it does not always look like what I want it to look like. But I do believe that God always brings healing. Have you ever, have you ever written down your prayer requests in your journals? Have you, has anybody ever done that? It's a, really, it's a really cool practice. And then have you ever looked back and you're like, oh my gosh, God answered this and I didn't even notice. I've had that happen so many times. Oh my gosh, God answered this. God is moving here and I didn't even see it. Um, it's the same kind of thing. I think we're often healed like the Samaritan, and we didn't even see it. I think the invitation when I read this passage is, is to be the one, is to be the one that can slow down enough to come back and to praise and worship God, to come back. Um, today, I, I have a sheet that um, I think Jamie Hawes has, and I want to give you time in the service right now to sit and to think and to begin to begin to process what you're um what you're grateful for uh, to practice a spiritual discipline while we're here so doug's like what's that <laughs> so he's going to hand those out for you and we're just going to take some quiet time and begin to ask the holy spirit to show you things that you might have not noticed that you might not have had eyes to see yet And then on the back side is a poem, one of my favorite poems. It's called The Gift. And you may read it as you like this week. Uh, I invite you to take time this week to find, find an hour, find a half an hour to get away with God and to, to be grateful, to ask the Holy Spirit, what have I, what have you given me that I didn't even see? Give me eyes to be creative and to see what you've done. So I invite you maybe um, figure out who you are, like 10 minutes, a half an hour, carve out space and, and see and see and notice after you're done. Do you see the world differently? Are the things that seem so important to me when I'm done often, I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> it's not so important anymore. So thanks, Jamie. I'm going to give you time. And then... We're going to end with worship today. Um, So when the Samaritan saw what God had done for him, he came back and he worshiped. He came back and he said, thank you. So after you've taken time 
to, to write a few notes or to sit and to listen, we're going to tell God thank you. We're going to sing and praise and tell him thank you for what he's done. So I feel like it'd be really quiet to have nothing. I didn't think of that. <laughs> Can you play something quietly? All right. So take several minutes and just write. And then Jamie will lead us. Oh. Or that. <laughs> they got it. Sure. Thank you.